welcome to the Brad Worthy Culture Podcast, where leaders share how they've created a company so incredible their employees have to tell their friends about it. And now, here's your host, Jordan Peace. Welcome back to Brad Worthy Culture. This is Jordan Peace, and today we're chatting with Jennifer Bailey. Jennifer is the Chief Administration Officer at Cognizante overseeing the strategic HR functions such as talent acquisition, talent management, and total rewards. She also leads company culture company-wide, which includes belonging initiatives, and we'll get into a whole lot about that today, and and a whole bunch of other things that Jennifer's in charge of at Cognizante. I'm not sure what anybody else does there. Jennifer has more than 20 years of experience to share on people leadership, culture building, and everything we love to talk about on this podcast. So, Jennifer, thank you so much for jumping on today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a great topic, and I'm really excited to, to chat with you, Jordan. Yeah, same here. Well, well, I want to jump in a little bit just on you personally before we get to the company and and culture and everything that you know, right? So, how does your kind of personal mission, your background, your history intersect with this topic of people and culture? Did you get into this field on purpose or is it one of those like I found myself here? What's the story? Yeah, that's actually a a really great question. So human resources was not necessarily my life vision. I uh, left um, high school and and started college, and I thought that I was going to pursue um, a career in television. I wanted to be an anchor woman. That was sort of my dream. And, you know, obviously that is sort of not where things sort of fell for me. Um, but one of the things that I loved about being an anchor woman was the fact that I thought it was so great how anchors had an opportunity, one, to sort of be very well versed on what was going on in the country, but then also very connected to the community and to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where the intersection between what I thought I was going to do and what I'm actually doing sort of meet. And, you know, working in human resources and leading culture and other functions associated with recruiting and retention is where I really have an opportunity to ensure that all of the mission, vision and values of the organization have a people focused um, culture at the forefront. You know, we serve a number of different government clients and we do a lot of important work. Our core focus is health IT as you very well know, but the only way that we can execute um, and fulfill the customer requirement is that we've got the right people in place sort of at the right time. And we're creating this sort of amazing culture that people wanna be a part of. So not necessarily a direct path to where I am today, but definitely there's a lot of sort of commonality between what I wanted to do and, and what I'm doing um, in my current role. Oh, that's great. I, I totally get it. Just wanting to be connected to the community and, and hearing from people and kind of seeking out the truth and people's stories and understanding where they're coming from. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of overlap. I, I totally is. get it. You know, what about your role with Cognizante? Like, how long have you been there? You know, is this like the ultimate role? Like, do you love it? I just, I just want to hear about kind of your current situation. Sure, sure. And, you know, this is actually an easy question for me. So I started with Cognizante 
in September of 2018. And I had had um, several conversations prior to me accepting the role um, with our founder and CEO, Michelle Kang. And Michelle is the most amazing, aspiring leader that you'd ever want to meet. Um, She founded Cognizante literally in her garage about 11 years ago, and she has grown into the amazing organization that it is today. Um, She also is the first female owner of a professional women's soccer team, the Washington Spirit. So having the opportunity to work for someone like that is just an amazing sort of place to be. Um, You know, I've had a lot of sort of mentors throughout my career. I've worked in a number of organizations. And I'll tell you, this is sort of the best job I've ever had. Mm. You know, there are a lot of reasons for that. Michelle is largely at the forefront. But as I sort of answered the last question, you know, there is this intersection between creating this culture-rich organization, Mm -hmm. um, being very connected to the community, Um, And we are an organization that wants to give back um, from a social responsibility perspective to organizations in the areas where our employees live. Mm. Um, So we definitely try to make sure that we have a community engagement. The last 15 months have been, you know, somewhat of a challenge for many organizations as we try to navigate the pandemic and and creating a culture where employees are all working from their respective homes. Um, But we were able to do that successfully. We are a very resilient organization. Um, So, you know, this is, it's sort of a dream come true where you can one, you know, continue to create a culture that is dynamic, you know, work for a very aspiring, motivational leader, but then also sort of follow your professional path as well. It's, 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 it's somewhat a dream come true. Oh, that's so good to hear. That's, that's really encouraging. Not everybody feels that way. In fact, most people don't feel that way about their right, jobs. Exactly, right? exactly. That's a real, that's a real blessing. When you got there, you said 2018, and we, I think you said September. Am I remembering that right? right? September 2018. September, okay, September 2018, you walk in and you got a lot of responsibilities as I listed off right earlier, and there was many more in your bio I didn't mention just for the sake of time. But a core of that, a big piece of that is building company culture, right? So where were they in September of 2018? Where are you now? Was it a bragworthy culture already? And, you, you know, I, I'm just curious, sort of that process of building the culture over the last, you know, three years, let's say at this point. Sure. So, you know, I'll sort of walk you through. There was a fantastic foundation in place when I came to Cognizante. One of the things that Michelle did very early on is she established um, a set of core values for the organization. Um, And those values are value, innovation, performance, and sharing. Mm. Um, The the acronym is VIPS. So it somewhat has a double meaning. Um, So it is our core values, but it also means that everyone that is an employee of Cognizante is a VIP. That is sort of the underpin and the foundation of our organization. When I started, I wanted to indoctrinate the values into the company culture. 
Um, so I wanted to make sure that all of the employees sort of understood what they were, but they also were aligned to performance expectations. So our performance management system is aligned to our values. Um, we also launched an employee reward and recognition program that is called the VIPS Excellence Award. Um, and that is where quarterly we request nominations of employees who are doing wonderful things across the company above and beyond um, that align to our core values. So sort of the foundation was there, um, but you know we took the values to another level to ensure that every employee was living and breathing them every day, which mm. also goes into creating this really wonderful culture because everyone sort of understands the behavioral and performance expectations. And then last year, you know, we decided that we wanted to take two surveys. Um, we felt that we wanted to, one, get feedback from our employee population of exactly how we were doing as an organization. Um, and we also wanted to survey our population on some of the very important elements of what employees wanted to see when it was time to return to the office after COVID. Okay. So we did a culture survey, which had a number of different dimensions that were surveyed. Um, we met or exceeded every dimension as an organization um, from our employee responses, which was fantastic. Um, we do have some action plans that we've been working on, on some areas that, you know, need some development as, as every organization does. Um, so we've been working through those. The second survey we took was um, to see if we could be a great place to work certified company. That mm. was very important to us. We had done a, a, a lot of work to creating a very robust culture. So we wanted to sort of see um, whether our employees felt the same way. Right. So we sent out the survey um, and we got all the results back. And in November, we became a great place to work certified company, which we are extremely proud of. And the reason that we're so proud of that accolade is it comes from the employees, right? right. It comes from the population where it matters. So they took the survey and the responses that they that they gave um, is what got us that wonderful accomplishment. So, wow. you know, it's been somewhat of a journey since I've been there, but we have a very dedicated founder and CEO, a fantastic and engaging leadership team, um, and just a wonderful set of employees. So, you know, being a great place to work certified company, I think sort of speaks to what everyone has done to create this, this phenomenal culture. Oh, that's, that's, that is amazing. And, and, and you're right. It, it comes from the employees. You can't fake that. You can't market your way into that. It's, it's directly based on what they say that's right. privately yeah, about your organization. And, and I think too, what's so cool about that is you're talking November of 2020, right? Like right. you're talking kind of a deep, dark time, right? Where people aren't necessarily crazy optimistic about life and work and yeah. society, right? And yeah. in the midst of that, to be able to give that type of positive response, that it's almost even more meaningful, That's right. you know, than That's it would right. be, say, now or six months from now. That's right? right. I'll say, you know, the year of 2020 was probably the most difficult year for me professionally. 
Um, And, you know, just to sort of give a little bit of background of why, um, largely the majority of our employee population works in a facility. And in March of, of, of 2020, like many other organizations, we had to ch- transition our employee population to working remote right. and try to figure out how to do that, um, but then also keep the employee population connected, right? Very difficult thing to do. So we started doing weekly lunch and learns. So every Tuesday, we bring all the employees together um, on teams. So as the commercial says, we were living on teams. Um, <laughs> and so Tuesday from 12 to 1230, largely the lunch break for most of our employees, um, we would talk about some topic. So it started uh, really about how to navigate the pandemic from a mental, emotional, um, social, financial uh, perspective. And then we transitioned to doing sort of more corporate briefs, so program overviews, policy briefs, et cetera. But employees knew every Tuesday they had a place to come, regardless of where they were across the country, that we would all sort of be together. Um, We Mm -hmm. ordered T-shirts that have the team, the team, the team. Um, Sometimes we would come together um, as an organization in our T-shirts so that we could show some solidarity across the organization. We got to a a wonderful place. And then in June, um, the incident with George Floyd occurred. And Mm. that rocked our organization again. But you know what? We are resilient, as I mentioned before. Um, And so we decided to turn that incident into an opportunity Um, And we asked our employee population for recommendations of organizations um, where they live that are doing something about social unrest. And so we got a number of organizations from our employees and we made financial donations to those organizations. It was a way to give back um, again in areas where our employees live. So tough year for many people, but we try to stay, you know, steadfast um, in our company culture um, and then sort of make sure that we were providing for our employees and their families, but then also giving back to the community, particularly trying to follow incidents that were occurring across the country. Yeah, I I love how the communication to your employees when you said, hey, tell me about organizations that you care about. It's, hey, we care about what you care about. That's that's, That's such direct support of your people and seeing them as individuals, right, with particular values and things that kind of stir their hearts and that. Yeah, that's that's really inspiring. I I love hearing that. Let's get into kind of moving I don't want to say out of COVID, but hopefully away, you know, from the the heart of of this tragic pandemic that we've been a part of, and 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 hopefully into a place where you know it's not so central to our society. You guys have learned things throughout, you know, 2020 and the first part of 2021, and now now we kind of move on. What are what are some of the features of your organization that as you go about recruiting, you go about attracting talent? Because I know this is within what you do for the organization is that, you know, attracting top talent and so forth. What does it sound like? What does the post sound like or the pitch or the interview when you sit down and say, let me tell you about Cognizante, right? Like, what does that sound like to a prospective employee? Sure. 
You know, I think the first thing, you know, that we want to sort of start with is the mission of the organization. Mm. We provide access to care um, to those who need it the most. That is sort of the, the mission of our organization. Um, you know, we sort of address access to care. We address social determinants um, of health care. So, you know, from a mission perspective, um, that is where we lead. And a lot of people, particularly now, they want to rally around some type of mission-driven organization. Mm. So I think that's the first place to start. You know, I think secondarily, you know, we have a very entrepreneurial spirit, right? You know, we like to say, you know, we're small but mighty. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we're not one of the sort of the larger organizations, but we are a mighty organization. Um, and we can compete with some of the larger organizations and we do so and oftentimes we win. Um, but we have a very entrepreneurial spirit. So, you know, if you like to come in and create your own destiny and be tied to a, a wonderful mission um, and be customer centric, then this is the organization for you. Mm. We've also realized from a recruiting perspective, you know, I think long gone are the days where you are trying to recruit talent geographically located where you have a building. Right. So, you know, I think now, you know, the posting might read, you know, this is a, a, a nationwide search. Right. And, you know, we're looking for the talent wherever you are, not yeah. necessarily where we are. Um, right. So I think that's also part of what the posting is going to look like. You know, we're casting a very wide net these days because, yeah. you know, talent is everywhere. And we've learned through technology and other things that we can stay very well connected and be, you know, very proficient in what we do. Um, mm. It doesn't necessarily mean that we won't be recruiting in places where we have offices, right. um, but we are definitely looking much broader than we were before the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have to, you yeah. know, uh, that you, you can't not tap into a, uh, you know, a national, in some cases, international labor pool. I mean, it's such missed opportunity, right? As you do this, as you continue to build your team and you change the way you're thinking about employee experience, you change the way you're thinking about recruiting, like a lot has changed. What are the characteristics of applicants that you look for and have those characteristics changed at all as a result of the last, say, 18 months? Yeah, and I think, you know, there are some things that will always remain the same, right? And that is making sure that folks are, you know, a good culture fit for Cognizante. Um, and I think, you know, whether you're in a facility, whether you're working from home pre or post pandemic, that is, is definitely a very important requirement. You've got to be a good culture fit. Um, and that talks you to the collaboration, the entrepreneurial spirit, those attributes are very, very important to us yeah. uh, because, of course, again, you know, we're always looking for those VIPs. So that remains the same. Um, I think, you know, as we pivot post pandemic, you know, folks that have the ability to work in an environment where they are sort of not necessarily physically located with their supervisor or their team. Right. Um, you know, we're looking for folks who are able to sort of operate in that new norm. Mm -hmm. um, that's not for everybody. I right. understand that. 
Um, but I think, you know, being able to sort of operate in a geographically dispersed environment, I think is going to be extremely important for folks that we're recruiting in the future. Um, and then also just making sure that folks have all the right skills aligned to the job requirements. Um, again, that's consistent with sort of what we were doing um, pre-pandemic. Um, and so, you know, we do a really good job ensuring that we are um, screening our candidates. Um, we've got great job descriptions with all of the technical requirements. So making sure that folks have all the necessary skills to perform the job, because, you know, at the, at the end of the day, we're performing work for our great customers. So we want to make sure that we are providing, you know, the most qualified applicants to do that mm. work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So where do you think you guys are headed when it comes to this sort of new new normal of is it hybrid? Is it in person? Is it dispersed and in person? Do you, are you giving everybody the choice? I mean, you know, we're headed high, hopefully towards a herd immunity and all of that. Like, how are you even going about making these decisions? And like, who's part of the conversation to determine what's best for our people knowing that what's best for one is probably not best for all, right? Yeah. So Jordan, that, you know, I, I feel like someone has dumped this massive puzzle in front of me and they told me I've got like two days to put all the pieces together. <laughs> I'm it's sure. a tough challenge. I'll tell mm. you our approach from a corporate perspective is we're doing it in phases. So okay. the return is, is, is being done in phases. So phase one we opened our corporate headquarters on April the 1st. Okay. Um, so that's our office in Falls Church. And, you know, we adhere to all CDC, state, federal requirements when we opened that office and sure. did all of the cleaning protocols and all of that. We're getting ready to move into phase two in mid-July, where we will be asking employees to come in. It's a voluntary basis okay. and you have to be fully vaccinated to come in in mid-July. Okay. Um, and that gives us an opportunity to bring employees back in other facilities um, and pressure test our plan. Uh, right. So making sure that we've got all the right protocols in place. Um, and then our phase three and final phase is in September in the fall where we will return all of our employees who work in a facility um, on site. Uh, phase two, we are recommending um, two days a week. Um, okay. And then in phase three, we will progress to three days a week. Yeah. So that's our corporate plan. We, as I mentioned, um, as part of the culture survey that we took in November, we did ask employees what's important to them in right. sort of returning back to work. Um, we did hear flexibility, hybrid schedules, cleaning, social distancing, having enough supplies. So what we heard from our employees is what we're putting in our plan. Right. You know, our advice to our management team is as you're thinking about individual situations, because there are many of them, just ensure that you are providing equity across your entire team. Yeah. So, you know, we want to make sure that we're being equitable in our decision making um, and we're applying where we can um, the right opportunity to sort of all of the employees. And we're not sort of doing it on an employee by employee basis. So we're trying to make sure we do that. There are some instances where 
We have employees who are working with sensitive information. So we have to make sure that we have a way of protecting that data. And so, you know, we've been doing that working from home and we just want to make sure that we've got all the right plans in place to continue protecting that data. Um, so it's, we've got a corporate plan. Right. Um, what we have committed to our employees is that as they have questions or feedback, raise it. Um, and we'll take it into consideration. We will operate with the employee's best interest at heart. Um, we, we know that we can't make every single employee happy, yes. um, but we will do our best and we'll pivot when necessary. Yes. So again, it's it's a lot of moving pieces, yeah. um, but you know we have a plan and we're executing against the plan and we will make adjustments as needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I love that, by the way. But to me, it's the importance of culture, the importance of trust in in an organization right now is probably at an all time high because you not only had a puzzle dumped in front of you, but every few weeks, new pieces get added and taken away. Right. So it's not like you can put the puzzle together and then you're done. Right? Right. You got to right. keep constructing the daggone thing. That's but right. I feel like if you've got an organization where you can you can do change management at that pace because there's trust and high culture. And I think you said you use the phrase culture rich, which I love. I wrote that down. You have a culture rich organization then you can do that, right? And you're not going to make everybody absolutely happy. But at the same time, if there's trust and respect and people are being treated with dignity and they're being listened to, then then you can do some hard things and make some hard decisions. And I think that's where I would expect you guys are going to have a lot of success with whatever strategy you choose because your people know that you care about them. We do. And, you know, it's not our intent, right, to do anything harmful to our employees. They are, as I said, our greatest asset. So, you know, we we definitely want to make sure that as we're making decisions, we think about what's in the best interest of the employee. It's tough. Because, you know, um, you're trying to balance a lot of different things, running a business um, and and sort of the the thoughts around the employee population. But, you know, at the end of the day, we'll do what's right. I mean, that's really the only thing that you can ask of a company is to do what's right. Um, And, you know, that's sort of the foundation for us. And, you know, like I said, I think most importantly, what I'll say to our employee population, if they were listening, is that, you know, we'll pivot when needed. So if there's a a, something that comes up that's sort of a large issue for the company, then, you know, we'll make some adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing else you can do. That's right. (laughs) New information all the time. Uh, Well, that's that's great. any other, just to kind of close us out, I don't want to keep you all afternoon, although I could, I really enjoyed uh, speaking with you. Any other advice that you might give people in a similar role to yours, or maybe more junior to you in, you know, these next six months, you know, whether it's stay flexible or listen well, like what is it that you would say is key to leading people with compassion and and understanding and all of the ways, you know, things that you lead them with. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the, the word that is probably the most prominent for folks in the HR organization and, and any other organization that's dealing with people in culture right now, flexibility is going to be key. Um, And I think, you know, people are dealing with a number of different things, whether it's sort of mental challenges, financial challenges, 
social social challenges. They're just dealing with a lot right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, give them a little flexibility sort of over the next several months. But I think that is the most crucial advice that I would give. And then I think, you know, to HR professionals, you know, give yourself a little flexibility too. Um, You've got a lot sort of riding on your shoulders right now. And I think for many of us, we're at the center of this return strategy. Uh, So, you know, lean on each other, learn what other organizations are doing. Um, and and sort of make um, adoptions to your plan as necessary. But, you know, we sort of need to learn from each other. But I think the most crucial component of all of this is just flexibility. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I think secondarily, but almost as important is communication. Okay. So make sure that you are staying very connected to your employee. Um, Send out all of the good the good communication and sometimes, you know, on these lunch and learns that I host on Tuesdays, I get some really tough questions from our employees. Um, don't shy away from those questions. Mm. Um, communication is key. Yeah. Be very flexible and continue communicating with your employees. And I think those things together will go a long way in your retention strategy. Oh, that's awesome. That's uh, fantastic advice. And speaking of leaning on each other, you know, if there's a listener that's in a similar role to yours that, you know, maybe needs a little pick me up, a little advice from you, you know, should they reach out to you via LinkedIn, email? Like how how would you want to kind of support your brothers and sisters in the HR community? Sure, sure. Yeah. And, you know, I am more than happy, you know, anyone that listens to this podcast, if they want to connect with me on LinkedIn, yeah. you know, I'm more than happy to do that and send me a, a, a direct message. Um, and, you know, I'm happy to respond, you know, happy to have a meeting, you know, we've been planning this return for several months and, you know, we don't have it all figured out, but Nobody we've does. got some elements <laughs> figured out. So I think, you know, if we come together as an HR community and leverage our individual strengths, you know, we'll have a really great plan for, yeah. for the employees across the country. Yeah. Well, I I can tell whether it goes perfectly or doesn't go perfectly because nothing ever does. I can tell that your intent and the intent of your organization is about, you know, caring about your people and taking care of them the best way you know how. So that that is all we can ask for. And it's inspiring to see. So thank thank you so much, Jennifer. This is great. Like I said, I could talk to you all afternoon, but for the sake of just keeping a, (laughs) a nice, tidy podcast, I'll let you go. But thanks again. Fantastic advice on how to navigate returning back to work. And, and just your personal mission, your passion for people and staying kind of close to them and their stories. Really cool stuff. And thanks everybody so much for listening to Bragworthy Culture. Again, this has been Jennifer Bailey. You do have her permission to reach out on LinkedIn and, and ask her questions and get together with her if she's interested in doing that. Uh, but thanks for listening and we will catch you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>